When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Well, Sunday evening, I'll be honest, and made a cocktail for me earlier today. I had a couple. <laughs> All right. A couple of mimosas today. That might be why I'm uh, yeah. feeling like I had a couple of mimosas. You know what I mean? Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. Why waste time? Say lot word when few word do trick. Me host, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's guest speaker for Don't Just Dream It, Do It. <laughs> and with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. He said I was dull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, That's from a scene and- that's not even in the show, but it's such a good blooper I had to put it in there. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. such a good one. Oh, gosh. Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. You tell me who this sounds like. Slow moving, (laughs) inattentive, dull, constantly snacking, shows a lack of motivation. That's right. This week we're discussing the one and only Kevin Malone. Right back at you, bitch. Kevin Malone, aka Chumbo, Uh, (laughs) Kool Aid Man, Papa Bear, Kev, Cookie Monster, Dumpster Man, and of course Ashton Kutcher. Oh, good one! Equally handsome, equally smart. Um, (laughs) Um. Controversial. We are doing this as our 77th episode. Uh, we, we, we're calling it the Clevin episode. Um, a lot of people wrote in back when we did our 69th episode that that should have been the Kevin episode. We, we, we apologized for that already. Okay. So don't make us apologize. Could you, could again. you take that again, Sean? You ha- Sean, you had a massive internet uh, hiccup there. It cut out for a while. Or yeah. just, just go from like the, the 77 episode or whatever. Slightly controversial. We're doing this as our 77th episode or the 11th episode. Um, of course, some of you did write in and say that we should have done our 69th episode on Kevin. We did apologize for that already. So we're not <laughs> we're not going to apologize again. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> we took enough flack. Mm-hmm. Holy yes, flack. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Always good to round out our character profiles with yet another member of the ensemble. I think this was going to be particularly fun just from all the the moments that Kevin is in. And then he's got kind of an interesting uh, trajectory over the show. Less about 
what his character does or, or his character's development, but just the way that the show kind of treats him. So I'm excited to kind of talk to you guys and hear what you think. I got feelings. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, this, this character, while, while doesn't, while Kevin Malone doesn't have a huge story arc, um, he changes quite a bit and mm-hmm. we'll get into it obviously, but, uh, Kevin Malone played by Brian Baumgartner, um, uh, an improv actor. There's honestly, there's not a lot on his Wikipedia page to, um, comment on, uh, He's he's best known for playing Kevin Malone, obviously, but um, he has started a new podcast called An Oral History of the Office, which makes it two podcasts now um, made by cast members from uh, from the original cast, mm-hmm. uh, but very different to Office Ladies. Uh, I think Edwin and I have both been listening to it. Uh, um, I think there's five or six episodes up on Spotify. Um, and uh, I've really been enjoying it. What do you, what about you, Edwin? You've listened to more than I yeah, have. Yeah, it's really good. There's just a lot to, a lot to learn and it's uh, very well produced or rolled out in a very good way with, you know, interviews with Ben Silverman and uh, Greg Daniels, especially. Um, it's very interesting to hear kind of his thought process about how the show kind of came to life. And as well as Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, who, obviously created the the UK version and how much they were involved, which is to say that they took a step back, that they consciously decided to not be involved too much and let it be its own thing. Um, But just a lot to learn, a lot of um, like little nuggets and tidbits uh, sprinkling throughout. I'm only three or four episodes in, um, but I think maybe when the full 12 episode run is completed, we should talk about it. Agreed. Definitely. And uh, – at least in the first episode, listening to it, he does draw attention to. It. He's like, I realize that most of you don't realize I actually sound like this. I don't sound mm-hmm. the way his character does. And oh my gosh, it's true. It if you cool. talk to him without seeing him, you wouldn't think that's Kevin at all. Um, and we we get doses of that early office, but it's fun to hear him talk normally. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, project that he's got going on, which is is very interesting, is. Um, it's called Home Movie The Princess Bride, and it's uh, something that they're working on right now during um, the COVID quarantine where they're recreating The Princess Bride and they're filming it at home. <laughs> so he is going to be um, Fezzik in in that uh, new version of, uh, of The Princess Bride. Kind of interesting, worth looking up. Huh. Um, I'm excited to to see what comes of it. I think. Everyone... I wonder if he's going to enter it in festivals or carnivals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's also not forget he was uh, shilling for Bush's uh, baked beans in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. ad, as well. <laughs> Some other work he's done. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> I, I've seen. And I, I... we haven't discussed this very much, but there are a number of the Office Ensemble members on cameo. And I, Brian Gardner, Brian Baumgartner is always the first one I think of him and Melora Hardin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like notably he's in Arrested Development, and like someone goes to buy a gun, and like is like can't can't isn't there a loophole? Can I get the gun sooner? And Brian Baumgartner is the gun salesman, and he's like, there is a gun show loophole. Like, oh, great. Where's one of those? (laughs) Yeah, it's like Toby's Mm -hmm. trying, Tobias is trying to buy a gun or something like that. He's like, well, there's a gun show happening in the back room, actually. (laughs) Where's the Um, gun show? It's out back. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
But but anyways, let's get back to Kevin Malone. Um, I would say Kevin Malone um, starts out in the early seasons as a quiet, uh, subdued, and and unsuspectingly cool guy. Um, we learn that he's a musician, that he's a poker player, um, and he's talking sports with Jim. Just every cool once guy in stuff, a while. you know, drums, gambling, <laughs> sports. Yeah. It's a know, guy's real guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I mean, we get the, the that moment in season one of basketball where he's just sinking the shots one after one. Um, very different from from who uh, he becomes later. But it, but again, at this point, he's he's engaged to Stacy. It gets brought up a few times. Um, he's sort of helping raise her daughter, Abby, as we see and bring your daughter to work day. Um, you know, maybe he's not a perfect guy, but seems like a pretty normal guy for these early seasons. And you're generalizing over the first few seasons together, correct? I am. Yeah. I'm yeah. kind of rolling them into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's, his presence is much more subdued and his lines, he doesn't have nearly as many lines. And a lot of the comedy is a little bit more nonverbal, which is to say, like, I'm thinking for an example, uh, during the Dundies at the beginning of season two, Michael says, who's going to give Kevin an award? Dunkin' Donuts. And it's Kevin drawing with a gigantic pencil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just the little scene that we see of Kevin. Or in the Halloween episode where he's dressed as, he looks kind of like Mr. Incredible, but it's got Dunder Mifflin on his chest. Right, right. They, they, they just, they, uh, they use him a little bit differently. Yeah, what about, what about like Office Olympics? Like who can fit the most M&Ms in their mouth? I think it's mm-hmm. one of the... You play that game. <laughs> It's a dangerous game, friendo. <laughs> it's almost as if early on the the cast they assemble for is pretty much for the whole cast is there for Michael Scott to make fun of and bounce jokes off of. And they need someone of every shape, size, color, every type of person in the palette of the cast. And it's like Kevin is in the corner and a lot of his jokes have to do with his just his size early on, generally. And Michael, Michael Scott. makes fun of that. That's about it. Yeah. Michael points it out later in uh, in the uh, Crime Aid episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know whether to make a fat joke or a dumb joke. Boom roasted. <laughs> Stress relief. Stress relief. Stress thank relief. You. Yeah. But I think in, in the early seasons, so much of the humor is that there is just a group of people, and they're not sort of given to us as these are all very funny characters right away. They're given to us as these are people working in the office. And as they show little bits about themselves, we kind of come to appreciate it. We like learning these little details about Kevin, that he's a gambler, that he's that uh, you know, that he cares about sports or whatever it is. Um, and later on in the show, once all that is established, then they can kind of make jokes with him involved a little bit more. But I'm thinking, and this is a Phyllis moment, but in Office Olympics in season two where they're playing horse with their shooting and then uh, uh, Phyllis, that's H-O, and Phyllis says, you called me a ho. And Jim says, well, <laughs> trash talk from Phyllis. And you're just not expecting it, right? right. And so much of um, what happens with, uh, and I'm thinking of uh, Kevin playing the paper football game, hate ball, because Angela hates it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- there are just a lot of little moments like that with Kevin where we kind of get, we just learn a little more about him. Yeah. Uh, over time, too, he sort of becomes a, a bastion of acceptance in a lot of ways because it seems pretty much everyone just accepts who Kevin is. He's going to make immature jokes. He's going to say what everyone's thinking but is not actually going to say out loud. <laughs> and he's okay with who he is. And we even get that when Michael leaves and they have that short conversation. We, we know Kevin's like, I'm okay with who I am. And, hmm. and that, that I think that's where his character arrives 
uh, as far as the role he represents in the cast. Is he's just he's just totally comfortable with where he is. He's content with his job. He's not trying to climb any ladders. He's not trying to make more friends or lose friends. He's just kind of right in the middle doing his thing. It's arguable that he's just barely hanging on throughout all nine seasons from what we learn in the end, which mm-hmm. is that he has no idea how to be an accountant, which is kind of what Angela and Oscar have been hinting at this <laughs> the entire show. Well, he applied to be in the warehouse. That's right. Originally. And Michael had a feeling about him. I <laughs> just had a feeling about him. <laughs> he has Martin explain to him a few times exactly what he did. Because it sounds like what he does every single day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that 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 brings me to something too, which is that early in the show we get these webisodes, right? And we've done an episode about the webisodes before, but um, he's very um, uh, prominent in those in those webisodes. We learn a lot more about Kevin Malone from from those webisodes. Um, so I don't know if we consider those canon. Um, yeah. Do we? I don't know. I think we do, right? We didn't. We decide we did. We decided the deleted scenes were not, but the webisodes are. Which is all. Which only means that what happens in those episodes count towards the long term plot. Yes. So yes, <laughs> uh, Kevin did try to get a loan, a fraudulent loan to sell ice cream. That was the <laughs> Malone's cones. Yeah. But uh, if you want to know more about that, go back to our webisodes episode. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, there's all these things hinted at that he's, he's got a problem with gambling, that he doesn't know what he's doing in terms of accounting. But in the early days, um, I think we suspect that he's a relatively normal guy, relatively smart. Well, an example of this is in Casino Night where Kevin talks about how he has a World Series of Poker Bracelet for this very specific event. And then immediately he loses all of his money to Phyllis and that cuts back to him. I suck. So the, the joke is that Kevin, (laughs) that Kevin actually has experienced like a modicum of success in his field, but then he loses in kind of this like very silly random fashion Uh, versus later in the show, they would probably just make a joke about how he loses money gambling. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I, I, I feel like, yeah, we were kind of meant to believe that in the beginning, he's just a regular guy and 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 michael is wrong to just stereotype him right which he always does but what's funny is that after a little while the show begins to stereotype him he becomes the stereotype um, yes that that michael has spoken of and and i want to know if you guys have an idea of of the first time that he becomes that that cartoon character, that cartoon Kevin Malone. Do do you think that there is a point, or is it? I don't know if I have a specific moment. The one that comes to mind, and I don't know, I would not call this a very hard before and after moment, is in Beach Games, where he just says, "I just want to lie on the beach and eat hot dogs. That's all I've ever wanted to do." Yeah, that, that and, that's feels, the end of season yeah. three. Mm-hmm. At the end of season three, and it's just a very silly line, but. Uh, it feels more in line with late stage Kevin than it does with the earlier version of Kevin. Uh, he, I, I'm, I'm just looking through like some of the episodes and see it's, it's, it's fairly gradual over the course of season three, ending with Beach Games, which I think, I think you're right. By that point, he's firmly the Kevin that he sort of continues to be. 
Um, but even, I don't know, even at the top of, even at the top of season three and he's, he's making the gay jokes about Oscar and he's already kind of starting that sort of middle school humor that we see from him throughout the rest of the series. Um, I, you know, when he gets the, uh, uh, when does he buy himself the foot bath for, for the that's Christmas uh, party? That's season I mean, two. that's season, that's season two. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the, uh, the sort of juvenile Kevin, but it's, it's the Kevin who's just like, I, 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 I'm going to buy myself this thing. I don't want to even evolve. I got myself, I bought myself a foot bath. Uh, and he's just, he becomes more simple in that moment. I feel like, and his, oh, shoot. yeah, like what <laughs> exactly, like what he wants becomes so just small and simple, uh, throughout that experience with secret Santa. Yeah. And then he realizes that he, could have taken, taken the, the iPod. iPod. Yeah. And from that moment on, he's, he does become a little more dull, shall we say. Yeah. I think, I, go ahead. You have no, no, no. You go ahead. I, I have uh, something that really came to me while I was preparing for this episode and going through and trying to find all these different Kevin moments. And specifically, um, I was on this website, officequotes.net, because it's very easy to look for particular lines or quotes and try to figure out exactly where they are in the show. And reading a lot of these lines on paper, I was surprised with how little they stood out as that sort of cartoon or over-exaggerated version of Kevin that we're talking mm-hmm. about. How much of Kevin is Brian Baumgartner and maybe the direction in like adding that to the character? How yeah. much of what we see as Kevin is Kevin's cadence? And I'm not saying that this is the case for every single moment, but just think about that line. I should have maybe I should have taken the foot bath or the iPod. Oh shoot! On paper, that line is not the same as the way that Brian Baumgartner delivers it. So much right. of the humor from Kevin comes in the the cadence and the the way that that he acts it. Uh, and it's very different. It, this isn't true the whole time, which is to say, like at the end when, you know, when we president, they see. That's different. Yeah. It's very, very different. But yeah. it's it's interesting how much of that is Brian Baumgartner's performance and how it slowly seems to dial up as the show progresses. <laughs> Point That's counterpoint. Let's not forget where, where he ends up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's there's there's so many great. Um, I mean, he he likes Todd Packer, yes. right? In season two, right? Yes, this is this is a thing about Kevin I love is he likes the stuff the rest of the office hates. He loves Ping. He loves Todd Packer. Mm-hmm. He just <laughs> poop jokes. He does. Love he loves, yes. Like he, he, which to me, by the way, speaking of earworms, like the Kevin, yes, we get it a few times throughout the show. Yes. Uh, the one I noticed this time was in grief counseling when they're passing the orb around and Kevin is finally caught on to the joke that's happening with people that are telling stories from movies mm-hmm. and Kevin wants to go next. And he goes like, when the orb's about to be passed, he's like, me, me, me. And he catches it. It just goes, me, me, me. Yes. And then he starts his weekend at Bernie's story. Uh, one time. Yeah. <laughs> he's, but he's so thick that he's yeah. like, it's one of the few moments he actually like plays along with the joke. Because honestly, a lot of the time with Kevin, he's not really playing along with the joke. He takes things kind of seriously or or he's either completely like I'm making a loud joke or he's very serious about something. You know, mm-hmm. he's having fun a lot does of the time. Does that make sense? Like his life. seriousness. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Very I, rarely I one is of the he, first uh, times being sarcastic. Really... Yeah, it's like, I bet Roy heard about you liking Pam. I bet Roy's going to try and beat you up. I'm like, I'll have your yeah. back. Like, he's very serious about it. And then later, when we see him exhaling, when he, Jim doesn't fight Roy. Yeah, just yeah. The, the, <laughs> like, the, the... He's... Or, or uh, after the... Att- Jim, look out, Roy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Kevin. He's very thick. He's very serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. I I think I mean really the first time we hear from him, I think, is like Diversity Day when he's uh, talking to Angela. It is like, do you want to go to the beach? I think you do, man. I think you do, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I it, and uh, yeah I um. And and in a way, like, again, like, even that first thing, it's like, maybe he's a little dumb, but he's try like, he's just so subdued that he's not, he's not that ridiculous. He's not that cartoonish yet. Um, But I gotta, I think that the ultimate point when Kevin becomes just so ridiculous is spilling his chili. Oh, I mean, the needle, the needle really goes to 11 on that one. There's no doubt. 11, 11. I should say, yes. Thank you. Um, I mean, that stands out as the, as maybe the strongest moment of that, but do you think it's a very strong before and after that? Like after that moment, he seems a different way than he does before. I, I, I think it's just like the longest look we get at him up until that point. Being being so ridiculous, being so dumb, um, I, I think we've gotten hints up to that point, uh, but but I don't I don't know I just I just I, I'm trying to look for a point when it begins because I think that we can all agree <laughs> that that he is very different. Kevin Malone becomes ridiculous, and even we, you know we did a, a cafe <laughs> disco episode recently where he is so. I mean, it's like that's the end of season five, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it, when we get like Michael holding out the fist, being like, "Kevin, cookie, cookie." I think you're right. He's like, he's. I wanted a cookie. He's, he's baptized in the chili of just like, let's mm-hmm. get Kevin writhing on the ground in his own filth, and now he's just this jester. Uh, it never gets better from there. That's for sure. Uh, you know, yeah. so, I would yeah, argue that it's just it's a it's a it's a long and subtle shift, and there isn't as if there's a one particular moment, like one point of no return. Yeah, so true. to speak. True. Yeah, I I'm actually now that we're talking about it, I'm I'm very drawn to this idea that you brought up, Alex. That Kevin, whenever there's an event or a game going on in the office, Kevin is all about it. He really He's loves in. it. In in diversity day, maybe some spaghetti. <laughs> all, all right, Kevin, you can over. You can stop. Or uh, or in or in cafe disco when uh, yeah respect the leg mm-hmm. he's he, he's really into whatever event or or in murder y'all he likes being in a club yeah. you know he likes yeah. feeling like he's he knows all the rules or or garage sale when Dallas yeah Dallas and garage sale and he goes mm-hmm. all the way with it um, I was on Dallas I yeah. was on heaven yeah, yeah. that's just, uh, <laughs> or God. in. Um, <laughs> The episode is Product Recall in season three when they all have the accountants are all called in to do additional customer service mm-hmm. support with Kelly. And Kevin is so excited. Ooh, can I be Australian, Mind. mate? Yeah. 
<laughs> alligators, dingo babies. Yep. Yeah, he he's he's always uh, having fun with whatever game is put in front of him, even when it's him and Dwight jumping around with the fireworks outside. He's, right. he's just always kind of having fun with it, whatever it is. The Kama Sutra meeting and Diwali. This is the best meeting we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're also really quick because we totally skipped over Kevin's skin cancer episode um, on Michael's yeah, birthday. The Kevin episode. Yeah, because yeah. that's a great example of of normal. That's Kevin, one of the yeah. that's one of the first storylines Kevin's a part of, and it's this very serious issue, which is so at odds with who Kevin is later. I mean, I think Kevin, in like overall, is portrayed as a, a member of the ensemble who's brought in for lines that help build scenes or moments that are extremely comedic. He's not given a lot of plot elements to develop mm-hmm. by himself, and that is a unique example where he is. And I think, the, and, and those moments where Kevin is brought into the fold in that way are so much more impactful. Like you said, with Kevin, and he, he we get to see that peek at himself. And all the characters are really showing concern for him. I really love that episode because it is showing them. <laughs> it's, it's so funny that Michael always thinks of them as this big family. And this one moment where they actually do need to be a family and do rally around and do need to rally around someone. Michael is so concerned and preoccupied with his own birthday that he doesn't he doesn't mm-hmm. uh, fulfill his duty there. Yeah, he tries at the bare minimum, <laughs> like the bare minimum try. You mean he uh, he cuts that uh, that yellow. He- construction paper bracelet mm-hmm. right. yeah, that's right. <laughs> when he skates up really fast to find out if if he's heard anything mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i mean i i, I what i mean should we should we talk about the cartoony kevin that that most people yeah, know and talk, love yeah, yeah discuss let's get this into, because let's get into i this. think that i think that people are opinionated about this and, and um personally kevin makes me laugh i I think that it's a bit of a cop out for him to become like a full st- the full stereotype as the show goes on. Um but uh, but what have you guys heard and what do you what do you think personally? I haven't heard too much disappointment or people expressing frustration about the way Kevin goes in the later seasons. I actually saw a meme yesterday that w- that implied that Kevin helps carry the show in the later seasons, which I thought was super interesting going into today's episode. Um, we talk about this sort of, we talk about it sometimes amongst ourselves as if it's some sort of a tragedy, but the truth is it's what you would expect from a character like him in a sitcom. Over nine seasons, these characters undoubtedly tend to trend in some sort of way. Think about the way that Dwight's performance gets a little more comedically broad mm-hmm. over the course of, of the show. And I'm not equating the two characters, but it's just an example. And it's something that you'd expect from from a character like Kevin. Um, Mike Schur talking about Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec called uh, like a a stupid character, kind of the nuclear bomb of comedy. Um, Think about a character like Ralph Wiggum in The Simpsons or something like Mm -hmm. that. There's a... Like when you go to that, you go to that well, you get a certain type of laugh and they go to it quite a bit more in the later seasons, especially once Michael goes away and that sort of constant central force of the kind of um, ignorant or stupid sort of figure goes away. Not to say that Michael isn't well-meaning or anything like that, but uh, but so many jokes are Michael mispronouncing words or doing things incorrectly or not having any idea of what he's doing. Yeah. The thing with, with like, you know, Michael or, or other characters that are also kind of, you know, quote unquote stupid or not very high IQ, high IQ people is there's, there's still a lot of, 
there's still a lot of nuance and a lot of understatement in their performances in a lot of ways. And and this not a knock on Brian Baumgartner, but like Kevin's character, there's he's the opposite of understated. He's just completely volume all the way up, which is isn't oh, yeah. for me. And so as the show goes on, I just enjoy Kevin less and less. I if if I don't know for sure if he's the blueprint behind or his blueprint is um, Keith from the BBC office, but that was like completely understated version of of Kevin, and then Kevin becomes yeah. a whole other version, right? Um, and I don't know. I, I talked about this in Happy Hour, but a lot of the bits that Kevin is doing as the show goes on, I, I just I roll my eyes more than I'm laughing a lot at Kevin as the, as in, in the later seasons, and that just might be me. But he becomes less and less of someone I really enjoy, and I just sometimes I just like I'm not laughing. That's just really stupid, and like maybe that's because I I've I've talked about this before. My parents they love The Office, they hate Kevin. My or my mom especially. She's you, like, you guys have a low tolerance for stupidity. Yeah, yeah. Just like Kevin Just Malone. Just like Kevin. And uh, yeah, maybe that says a lot about us. But it's it's like, uh, not that I agree with my mom, but she's like, Kevin almost made the show unwatchable. Every time he was on screen, she was just like, I this, I hate this, I hate this. He's so not funny, which is really <laughs> extreme. I don't, I don't think that's the case. But because uh, there's a lot of this is the thing. There's so much about Kevin that is so funny too like he hits the broadest range for me out of any character on the show in terms of stuff that i find so not funny and stuff that is makes me laugh really hard he hits both sides of that and so for that reason he's kind of this chaos where i never know what i'm gonna get and sometimes it's way up here sometimes it's way down there and it's like i I don't know he's he's just all over the map i can't trust him sometimes do you do you have a moment that stands out in your mind as a as as the ultimate Kevin cringe moment? Like it's just not one. even funny to you. Yeah, yeah. What I is have it? one. Yeah, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Wait, for that's wh- the one. W- w- when's that again? He uses it as an excuse to get out of a situation where he feels like he might be. It's just it's a, it's a montage where all these times where Kevin. He, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to go to the bathroom. And, and uh, or, or he says to Angela, it's about the center. That's what it is. And he says, oh, really, Angela? I think I have something that would surprise you very much. She <laughs> says, oh, yeah, what's that? And he's, he realizes he's about to spill the beans. And he says, I have to go to the bathroom. And Angela says, that doesn't surprise me. And Oscar says, in Kevin's defense, that wasn't the worst cover. Every now and then, Kevin rushes out of a room saying that he has to go to the bathroom. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of clips where Kevin just says, I have to go to the bathroom and runs out of the room. And I think, you know, listening to your point, Alex, this is the exact moment that I thought of, which is that Kevin is so broad or that th- those sort of comedic moments are done in such a way that it's so easy for it to go over the line and feel kind of cheesy or corny or mm-hmm. not make you laugh. And the comedic tone of the office in the early seasons is so subtle and understated. Like you said, it's people at work and then you find it's about beauty and ordinary things. Yeah. And Kevin doesn't feel like an ordinary character all the time, especially all, at yeah. the end. But sometimes yeah. he does, you know, and those right. moments when he is are when I just adore Kevin. I love Kevin. Uh, the heartfelt moments for Kevin are hit harder than almost any other I, character. I was just talking to Anne today when I was, I was going through clips for the show today and like, the moment when you get the parking spaces back and he talks about Stacy, I tear up every time I hear that scene because yeah. we just get a second of Kevin being completely genuine and not trying to be funny. And it, it just hits so much harder because he's rarely there. You know, can I, uh, it after Stacy left, things did not go well for a while and it was hard to see. And he starts breaking up. It's just nice to win mm-hmm. one. 
Yeah. It's just nice to win one. It's such a beautiful little encapsulation of what the show can kind of provide because it is an ordinary moment. And it is, it it does like in the larger arc of someone's life to have this really difficult breakup that he's going through and then to have this little moment of sunshine really can help. It can really kind of soothe that wound or that, or whatever tough time Kevin's going through. And, and it's just such an intensely relatable moment. Maybe not calling together the five families at Scranton business park and asking for your parking places back, but the idea of getting a small win and how much that can mean to a person, it's, it is it is really impactful. And then a couple seasons later. I want to be wined and dined <laughs> 69. <laughs> that's when he's, be, well, that's when he's trying to buy Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. yeah. I, but then, yeah. that's what I mean. When it, then it's just like, oh, they're battling for me over cookies. And he does the... Um, the, the moment well, for the me... Well, time thinks that The moment the for best. me, Sean, to answer your question, <laughs> when he does that the little rap about cookie season. It's just like, it's really cringy to me when it's like, but spring, (laughs) but cookie season. And it's just like, dude, you're just like, why don't they just have the cookie monster in your role? If that's what you're going to do. Like, come on. What is this? Uh, I mean, Oscar did that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and like, I don't know. It's as opposed to like, but then also in season eight, when, when Kevin's dressed like Michael Moore and he, we, he does the, uh, it's another very very <laughs> earnest moment but before that before that moment where he says that to gabe he's talking to danny cordray and he's like oh but don't tell anyone that we told you yeah because i'll kill you and he says it so seriously at danny yeah. cordray <laughs> and that's like makes me laugh okay. so hard yeah uh so that's kevin in a nutshell is just like hey he's all over the place that's a great point that kevin malone could keep a secret yeah, he he keeps Oscar's affair with the senator a secret as long as he can. Oh man, oh man. Well, you didn't that. know, and you didn't know, and you didn't fucking know. There's a to to tag on that Halloween that moment from the Halloween episode, the costume contest episode. Dwight and Michael are standing outside of that room, and they're looking in at Gabe and Kevin talking. And Michael says, "What do you think they're talking about?" And Dwight says, mm, "Kevin and Gabe." Probably talking about the extremes of the human physique. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's such a quick moment, but it's so good. So good. Oh, my God. <laughs> the extremes. Oh. Kevin, Kevin oh, does yeah. get... Women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin does hit the laugh bell in a way that a lot of other characters don't. You didn't know, <laughs> and know. you didn't know. I know. Laugh bell. I like that. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. That's why... <laughs> That's why he's kind of so frustrating to me. Is like mm-hmm. he he's so good sometimes, but just he's so false, so flat for me other times. And I just wish he could maintain that. That I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's just just tough for me sometimes. But yeah, when he hits, man, he hits hard. It's just yeah. it kills me. <laughs> I there's I mean, one. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. 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 Uh, there's a, where uh, where they talk about how Oscar's having a gay affair. Or, or Oscar's having an affair. Kevin says, "So Oscar's having a gay affair, or a gay, an affair with a gay man. Maybe I can get a lesbian to sleep with me, huh? It'd be pretty hot. <laughs> you have met a lesbian in real life, right?" <laughs> oh my god! I think okay, there's another part of Kevin's character I really like that we should talk about, which is he has the ability to look around the room sometimes and being like. 
are are you kidding? Like this is absolutely the way it is. When no one else, mm. like everyone else, has a little more tact than Kevin sometimes with sensitive mm-hmm. situations, and he could he brings that part to the ensemble of just like. He'll just pile drive through these moments of like, hey, we all need to realize this is the truth right now. Why are we all acting like this isn't happening? Seems like some of you don't know what the word approved means. <laughs> I've, got, I've got an example for you. When yeah. Dwight is trying, uh, Pam is uh, trying to, they're trying to get Dwight to scale back his uh, very strict and overbearing building policies as the new owner of the building. And Dwight is talking about a wish list of all the things that you could have. Mm-hmm. And Kevin says, I wish for a million wishes. <laughs> and, and Dwight says, well, that's not really possible. And Kevin says, well, so see you later, building. <laughs> says, no, but I said, see you later, building. <laughs> I think, too, Kevin is uh, – so, uh, so much of Kevin is balanced out by the Angela, Oscar, Kevin, the accountants triad that they have back there. Yes. Mm-hmm. They play off each other so well, and it helps so much that that they, they sort of love and hate each other, and they support each other, and they have these little moments together. I really, really love it. The, well, the, and I like when they, when they go visit Angela after she has her baby, and you get that little Oscar's like, well, we have this thing. We're all accountants. We got to support each other and, and they <laughs> yeah, go and visit yeah, yeah. you know and, and their uh oscar wants to warn them about seeing a premature baby and then like they they're in the room and obviously it's not a premature baby this baby's much older than than she told them it was gonna be and mm-hmm, kevin's mm-hmm. and then kevin's just like oscar like you told me to be ready for a, like a tiny baby but not a big fat baby and he's just right <laughs> in front of them just like openly yeah. talking about what everyone's thinking which is like oh my god this child's humongous that has a great uh, the Oscar or the, excuse me Oscar says uh, the only premature baby is the baby that baby ate. Uh, <laughs> there's that Kevin Aaron moment where it, got it bimbo got it bimbo. Yep. I love I absolutely love that. Got that bimbo. Got it bimbo. I do love the Kevin Aaron dynamic a little bit when they're yeah. down in the warehouse and he's like, "Hey, like when I was a kid, my sisters used to like, like cover me in grease and like they're like not now, Kevin and like Aaron's like, Kevin." They said that they didn't like the idea. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it, but I'm they not hate that it. quote. I don't have it exactly in front of me. Yeah. But, but yeah. And then, of course, like, and then when Michael is trying to set up uh, Kevin and Aaron is a hilarious episode, too. He's playing matchmaker. Ooh, say nothing. You will learn to love me. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Ooh, say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> No, Kevin doesn't really have an elephant heart, but it won't hurt Aaron to have lunch with him. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. Yeah. Isn't it uh, Robert California who for a while thinks Kevin is quite smart? Quite a genius? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, Madeline's, they'll break your heart. Any cookie with the lady's name. Yeah. Peak <laughs> yeah. uh, and Sandy. Yeah. Funny juxtaposed with my other like the favorite Kevin bit of the whole show is when Holly, you know, thinks he's has has mental problems mm-hmm. and thinks he's slow and uh, he isn't, which is the opposite well, of, of Robert thinking a he's a genius. <laughs> that's a button. I really like oh. pretzels, but I also really like chips. Yeah. Um, these are my M&Ms. Do you want some? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so that's that's again, that's the full spectrum of Andy on display of just how others perceive him, too, which is he new people uh he's he's able to reflect people back 
on, on themselves where Holly's a very caring person and she sees Kevin and obviously she's been tricked by Dwight, but she doesn't, mm-hmm. she leans right into it and she just immediately is on Kevin's level or what she right. thinks is Kevin's level versus Robert, who's very egotistical and thinks he's a genius. Uh, wouldn't imagine he'd ever be in a room with someone as dumb and Kevin, dumb as Kevin. So he reflects himself back and thinks, Oh, Kevin must be a genius. And I'm going to find out that I've just found out Kevin's a genius. And no as one a, knows as a, right. so he doesn't, he does include Kevin in his list of winners. Yeah. And, and so does D'Angelo uh, brings him into the club. Like Kevin, like he, the inner circle. Yeah. I think people, <laughs> people can uh, reflect themselves when off you, Kevin. When you talk easily. about Kevin, just kind of saying what's out there, Kevin, not being, yeah. Uh, in the, in that episode, the list, the beginning of season eight. Text from Jim. This is getting weird. Text from Kevin. Suck it, losers. <laughs> <laughs> I do love. To, By yeah. the way, you'll hear you'll hear a sound difference in Edwin right now. I think he had to unplug yeah, his sorry, mic some mic computer troubles. power and you know uh, laptops, right, guys? Yeah. Do you mind if I also open my window shades really quickly? It's so dark in here, and I open love, your window shades. And you know what? We're I keeping all this in. I'm not okay. going to edit any of this good, out. Good, Let's good. go ahead. All right. My, Listen my to these sweet bad. shades open. Raw and uncut. Um, I, I mean, uh, just like to to wrap up like Kevin's arc. Right? I had that yeah. new I mean, symptom I, I, where you look like you're in the witness protection program. Sorry, I probably cut I off. Gonna say, I probably yeah, cut yeah. off with what uh, what you were saying. Yeah, I was gonna. I was waiting for your voice to just be called Mark. <laughs> yeah, when I was young. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I mean, we haven't talked about Kevin and Lynn, which is not really that um, eventful, right? We He meets yeah, Lynn. Yeah. They light that, that fire time. and kind of walk away. The show does. They at do. Least. Yeah. Yeah. We did our just, we did our Cafe Disco episode recently where that kind of comes to a head where they're making out in Cafe Disco and nothing yeah. ever comes of it. But there is a very sweet moment between Lynn and Kevin as they're starting to get to know each other that valentine's day episode where where michael goes to the br- blood drive uh, does the blood drive and then throws a little valentine's day party but you know where we where we end up that is definitely one of my favorite kevin moments um he calls it like he sees warning 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 Everyone is listening to me. <laughs> no, Angela, we cut off Kevin for the same reason. You have to actually have something to say. <laughs> there is a great moment where in the Blood Drive episode where Michael is lamenting how sing- how, how difficult it is to be single on Valentine's Day. And he's like, Kevin, uh, you know, he, he kind of commiserates with Kevin. And Kevin says, you, know, you, have, no I- oh, you have no idea. So it is it is funny to watch yeah. them kind of. Yeah. Bond over that that shared experience, or, or that, that you know, they're both having a tough time on Valentine's Day, or that moment where Kevin, <laughs> they're reading the paper when he talks about when he breaks up with Stacy. We we're reading the paper, mm-hmm. and I said, "I think the Eagles could clinch the AFC East," and she said, <laughs> "We're through. <laughs> we're done. We're done. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So sad, dude. Uh, oh my yeah, and, but like that's the thing is people feel. I think people look at Kevin and they feel like." Oh man, if I was Kevin, I would hate myself. But Kevin doesn't at all. He's actually totally content with himself. And we hear that, like I said earlier, when Michael <laughs> draws that picture gets, of Kevin. I like to think that he got it commissioned. Yeah. And he tears it up. And you know, and Kevin's like, I'm okay with who I am. And like 
for someone like Michael, he couldn't ever never. be. There. Michael's <laughs> never been able to do that yet. Never accept who you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Michael's never been able to do that. And never again, style. he reflects that off Kevin. Um, and a ton of characters do that. But mm. um, and then later on, when he, I feel like they they touch on that really well. The story when he sort of everyone thinks he's has a dead dog. Like Kevin is so <laughs> yeah. dumb that he doesn't realize his dog has right, died. Right. Which is insane that. She stinks. She stinks, yeah. <laughs> and but it's like and Kevin knows that he's telling the truth, but he doesn't even realize everyone is like, Oh, Kevin's really dumb. His dog is dead and it's just sitting at his house. And it's like, no, Kevin's not that dumb. Like You can't eat cats, Kevin. I would l- You can't eat cats. <laughs> I also challenge any of our listeners to find a worse set than Kevin's <laughs> living room. It is literally a chair in front of a wall. <laughs> Challenge. Tell me, tell me, a, like more of a cop out set in the entire show. How about the landfill? Is, uh, how about the landfill green screen? All right, all right, all right. Yes, I put that second because it's a little more work. What than about the chair Aaron, in front of the Aaron in Florida green screen? <laughs> that one's bad too. Michael in New York green screen. Okay, all the okay, green. All right, screens. all right. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> eliminate <screens>. the green <laughs> screens. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Kevin. Kevin's story ends um, in a bar with with getting yeah with getting fired by uh by Dwight uh by cake <laughs> as as soon as Dwight has the power to fire people he's like obviously Kevin's gone he's a terrible accountant he never should have yeah. been here which yeah. is, it's it's great that's the if whole anyone thing can make of like a case for Kevin staying based on his merit based on yeah. merit <laughs> Silence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have seen these. I think maybe we talked about it in our fan theory episode. It was so long ago, I can't remember. But there is a fan theory out there that this whole idea of the Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch being so successful is all because of Kevin's Clevin number and all because of his fraud, really. Um, have you guys read that? What do you think of that? Yeah, it's a fun theory to think about. Although there's a moment, there's a moment <laughs> in trivia when uh, Andy is trying to get Oscar to cook the books for him. And my dad said that an accountant can help you out if he's willing to play ball. And uh, Kevin's like, "Oh, I can make that. I can do that. I can make that error." And Andy says something like, "I know that making errors kind of sounds like your thing, but this is not your moment." <laughs> <laughs> Michael also asks Kevin uh, if he knows anyone in the mob in money when he's like Kevin you he's like I do gamble my yeah, yeah, you know he, yeah. he goes he goes like do you know any like a sure thing of like a boxer who's gonna take the fall or who would you talk to about that he's like the mob do you know anyone <laughs> in the mob no <laughs> he's gotta talk to Bob reminds Vance. me of when uh, right. when Michael is trying to Mob Vance Mob, Bob, Mob Vance yeah. Waste man. management. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Refrigerate. Refrigeration. When uh, Michael is trying to tell Kevin that Stanley's having an affair and he's playing a game of Hangman with him at his desk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. Uh, but of course, I, you know, after after Dwight fires him with the cake, we you know, uh, so mean. Kevin becomes a bar owner. And uh, he seems very happy. Is he? Is he the that, owner? Or is he just the bartender? No, I think he owns it. Does he own I it? I believe okay. he owns the bar. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe anyone can correct us if we're wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he he's the owner. I guess yeah, he probably got a severance package uh, for being fired, and then mm-hmm. it's like yeah, I'll, I've always wanted made a to couple have a good sports bets. bar. Yeah, made some good bets. <laughs> yeah, there's, okay, Dwight, uh, yeah. You know, go to the horse track again. Maybe make a <laughs> Dwight, little. Bet. Dwight says I heard you bought a bar, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but you know, they they obviously make good by the end of we see Dwight and. Uh, Kevin talking in the background, um, you know, making good on it. And I, I, you know, you can't fault Dwight's decision based on merit. Uh, but I, he does seem to have landed on his feet and, you know, it's, it's funny seeing Kevin like working behind the bar. It does feel very natural, uh, when he's there and it's like, that's a guy I would, I would love to get a, a beer poured by Kevin. Talk about basketball for a little he bit. He has a cocktail that has that, M&Ms that? in it. <laughs> <laughs> That that does bring me to like maybe my hot take on Kevin. It, it, maybe not for the whole show. He gets very cartoonish later on, but Kevin is a very unintimidating, um, very relatable guy for a, for a lot of the show. I think I, he might be one of the people that I feel like I could be friends with, um, um, in the in the show. I I think. At least, at least in the early seasons, especially, he just seems like a, a relaxed, uh, comfortable, silly, fun guy. And uh, maybe he's a little dumb, and maybe he's um, um, extremely sexist and all these other things. But, but, um, but I, I think I, I think overall, I do like Kevin Malone. I, 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 I like him. I, I think. You know he he's certainly flawed, um, very silly, but uh, but um, I I like the early version of of Kevin Malone better. Yeah, I, I as far as someone I'd want to hang out with, yes, early Kevin yeah. much more than sure. than late yeah. Kevin. Be be pretty tough to hang out with late Kevin, but yeah, I mean I, I yeah I like Kevin, and you know in terms of like you said Edwin, if the office is all about ordinary things, and if you're going to take an ordinary staff of office workers you're gonna have people whose personalities are like kevin it's gonna happen you're gonna have some of those in the office i do appreciate that kevin likes sports and that they use him as a a a little bit of a a rep like when they make a sports illusion or a joke kevin is the one who appreciates it i'm thinking of in christening in Mm -hmm. season seven where uh the pastor says i'm uh i'm glad everyone made it out here on a sunday especially while the eagles are playing and kevin laughs he's the only one in the congregation who laughs uh yeah, and he does the Miami Heat costume. He's Dwayne Wade. Does that? He's Dwayne Wade. Thank you. Got the fantasy football thing going. Uh, that we see Jim is you know emailing Kevin or call trying to call Kevin about a fantasy football there isn't thing. A ton of room in a sitcom for characters to just generally discuss sports. You know what I mean? But yes, there is. Yeah. It is nice that they kind of use Kevin as a little a little avenue to do that. Mm-hmm. He said I was dull. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one last moment too that I I love it with Kevin that just because I well may I have the sound drop that I haven't used it yet but uh in in launch party the pizza debate there's a moment when mm. obviously Michael brings up what's the difference between the two and the office is aghast and Kevin is so aghast at the idea that someone wouldn't know the difference between the two pizza places that he goes tell him Oscar yeah. like he diverts he gives Oscar he's like I know Oscar's more eloquent than I I'm gonna let him explain to Michael why he's so wrong and then yeah. of course comes in with 
It's like eating a hot circle of garbage. <laughs> Great. Great stuff. So, so yeah. good. <laughs> Any final thoughts on, on Kevin Malone? Any final uh, favorite moments? Yeah, women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. I mean, I think we talk about that you know, that moment with Kevin talking about getting that little victory. The other moment that stands out for me is when uh, it's in vandalism in season nine when Kevin goes uh, to the to Philip's birthday party, and it's this very formal event. And the center of their stage is that photo with both Oscar and Angela, and they're both really struggling with being there because Oscar's kind of being pulled front and center. And as they're leaving the party. Uh, Kevin says to the senator, yeah, thank you for the food, and also, you suck. The senator says, I beg your pardon? And Kevin says, you are like a terrible person. These guys care about you, and you're just using them. Again, the food was very good. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see Kevin stick up for the other accounts. And Kevin is also in that, in that uh, he's he doesn't really care. He donates like a whopping $8 to get the invite. And uh, right. he's well, they're starting with puff pastries? Bold move. They're saying it can only get better from here? <laughs> Like he's a he's a connoisseur of uh, of appetizers. Uh, there's I think to your point too. Uh, you talk about Kevin like having Kevin in the office. Like he would be kind of a fun person to have in the office most of the time. You know, he seems like a very yeah. um, affable guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you could have your ultra feast. Yeah, with Kevin, him you're really. such a gourmand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got some cheese you can eat in between my toes. <laughs> That's when Dwight's eating all the shelter food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultra feast is when they pick out the name of ceremony. <laughs> What's, what is October feast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin Malone. What a guy. What a guy. Well, you know, if you guys out there have any of your favorite moments or parts that we didn't touch on, please send them in. We always love to hear. I'm curious. It. We've um, heard from some uh, people, Kevin's are. Yeah, I'm curious to hear what people have to say, whether or not you love Kevin or maybe you don't like him so much. I'm very curious to hear what people's overall reaction of him is. He seems a little bit more polarizing than some of the other characters. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So let us know what you guys think. Um, But for now, we'll move on to a little conference room. Five minutes. Okay, everybody, listen up. If you are not in that conference room in two minutes, I am going to kill you. So this week's conference room topic comes from an oral history of the office, the Brian Baumgartner podcast. And in one of the episodes, they, they go over casting and what it was like to build the cast um, in a series of conversations with the actors and Allison Jones, the casting director. And uh, one thing that kind of stood out to me was Brian Baumgartner talked uh, about how he initially read for Stanley. And uh, similarly, Rain Wilson talked about how he was the first person to audition and he read for both Dwight and Michael. And that is Michael was just a, terrible Ricky Gervais impression and it was never very good in the first place. Um, and similarly, we've, you know, we learned that Angela initially read for Pam and John Krasinski talks about how they initially wanted him to come in and read for Dwight. And he said, no, I don't want to do that. But when they have Jim or when they recast the Tim character, I'd like to be invited for that. And the casting people were not very happy to hear that. But, um, but of course we all knew how that turned out. I just thought it would be a fun exercise for us to think about what, cast what actors would you from the cast would you like to see play different roles in the cast i I could have seen well yeah it's like like you said like angela read uh, angela kinsey read for pam i don't know if i could have seen that um but um phyllis certainly could have been married oh and uh (laughs) kate flannery initially read for jan oh whoa interesting 
Wow. Very different. Very different vibe. But I could see it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think it, it is fun to think about like how like, you know, they only write a little bit of the show when they cast these characters. And as time goes on, they, you know, they write the rest, obviously, and, and how it would have been different um, moving forward. Sorry, Alex. I no, no, it's fine. Um, Kevin specifically, I wonder if Kevin could have played a different version of Daryl, like more of a stoic in the warehouse, just a big guy. And maybe he never... Always never smiles, just kind of like the really mellow Kevin, who's just uh, very competent at his job. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think Brian Bommer could have played that role. I don't think it goes the other way. I don't think Lonnie. I don't know if Craig Robinson could have played Kevin the same way. Um, nor do I think Stanley could have played. I don't think uh, Leslie Baker could have played Kevin either. But I don't know, Kevin. It's hard to say. You made a really good point. Edwin of like, it's hard to say, did they intend Kevin's character to go that way? Or did Brian Baumgartner obviously must have had a lot of influence in the writing as, as the show went on. I mean, his performance is so funny. The cadence and the inflection that he does is so signature and so different from his normal speaking voice. Yeah, totally. I don't know though. I don't know who else could have like, I think you could have, I think Ryan could have played Oscar. Hmm. I, I just think Ryan's funny when he has a little bit more, power um even if that means he's just an accountant or he's actually not a temp uh yeah it, paul lieberstein as andy <laughs> just actually toby maybe toby could have played kevin like a dull accountant i could see toby in that role i like Kinda thinking dumb. of ed helms as jim oh, a more sure. subdued yeah could have seen or it. maybe yeah, in the sort of the way that he plays Andy early on in like shoehorned into the Dwight mold. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kevin is t- uh, could play Toby, um, like an HR guy that Michael makes fun of a lot and really hates. But it's, it could be a, he'd be a lot meaner in a way because he'd make fun of Kevin of Toby's size if it was played by Kevin. But I could see I could see Brian Baumgartner, Brian Baumgartner could play that role. What about Steve Carell as Andy? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, tour de force. Whoa! Easily, he could have. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Ellie Kemper could have played Pam. Mindy Kaling could have played Pam. Oh, also. totally. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if they all uh, auditioned for that role. Um, probably not Ellie Kemper, but um, but especially Mindy Kaling, like being like such a normal character in the beginning, it's like you could kind of see her being in that role as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, but I much prefer the outrageous Kelly character that that mm-hmm. she plays. Now, now I'm just trying to think of who would play who. We could just kind of go crazy with it. Paul Lieberstein is yeah. Pam. <laughs> Phyllis Smith yeah, right. is Daryl. <laughs> Steve yeah. Carell is Angela. <laughs> we could just. Mm-hmm. You could have Zach Woods. Zach Woods play Kevin. It. Yeah. Whole different. Oh my gosh! Extremes of the physique go the other way. <laughs> the human physique. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, well, uh, moving on to just one more thing for conference yes. room. Um, um, I've been talking with a with a guy Noah, who's one of our listeners. Uh, he's awesome. Thank you, Noah, for for writing in uh, so much. Uh, but but we were talking last week about um how fun it would be to have like a Creed prequel, like Better Call Saul right. to Breaking right. Bad. And um, he wrote in this email all about how you know. Creed's got this line 
let's see, uh, in Lecture Circuit, he says, uh, when Andy is trying to hook up with Stanley's client who's visiting, visiting the office and all of the people um, go to Creed for love advice, Creed says something along the lines of, just go for it. Show her who's the boss. <laughs> Girls like that. That's how I got squeaky frog. <laughs> so, so like, yeah. and he points out too, it's like if you've, if you've seen uh, the um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Quentin, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Quentin oh, Tarantino uh, film, Squeaky Fromm is a notable um, person from the, the Manson family cult. And we get Creed talking about, you know, having been a leader of a cult and a, a follower of a cult. Um, you have more you fun more as, money a, as, as a leader, fun. but have more fun <laughs> as a follower. Um, it, it just a great, just a, just additional like material for the Creed Bratton. Uh, prequel TV show. I love it. Could get dark. Could go real <laughs> dark Joker type with uh, with Creed. Damn it, Creed. I've been up since before. Smile. <laughs> Damn it, Creed. That's a great <laughs> And his costume is so oh much worse. <laughs> or uh, how about a non-verbal Kevin moment on St. Patrick's Day when Kevin comes in wearing the green jacket and Oscar is comparing his St. Patrick's Day tie to Kevin's full St. Patrick's Day ensemble? <laughs> Almost non-verbal too when we get we do get that uh, appearance from Ping and you just Kevin at the back. Yes. <laughs> uh, they all groan, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, well, thanks, Noah. Thanks for writing in about that. Uh, we look forward to Quentin Tarantino's uh, Creed Bratton prequel series. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to a li- little trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. Trivia this week, coming in from listener Grace, who sent this, uh, this a while ago. She sent us trivia about the episode okay. trivia. Uh, and I don't think we'd don't get any plans to do an episode on trivia, uh, but it is as given as Kevin is a member of the Einsteins, it felt right to do uh, some also, trivia yes. about that episode. Shout out to Grace. She Indeed. sends us a lot of stuff, so much appreciated. Oh, yeah. Grace is, Grace is money. Um, Thank you, Grace. So this is hard, so good luck. Okay. Good luck. Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. In trivia, what drink does Jim hand Stanley in the cold open? <laughs> um... I think it's in a coffee mug, right? The cold open, I think, is um, the quiet contest. Yes. Coffee? No. Orange yes, juice. correct. It is nice. orange juice. Yes. That away, baby. Morning five by five. Yes. <laughs> five sugars, five creams. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, during the silent streak, whose phone rings? During the... Uh, during, during the silent streak, whose phone Dwight. rings? Uh, Andy's. It is Dwight. It is Dwight, correct. Yes. And how long does the office actually stay silent for? 14 minutes? No. 37 minutes. No, it's 20 minutes. Okay. 20 minutes. And of course, ah. who, who breaks the silence? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good work, Cookie Monster. Okay, um, when the episode episode begins on the whiteboard, we see three uses of paper is what's listed out. Do you know what those are? You might be able to guess them. I don't know. Three uses of paper. Infinite. Now, if you don't know this one, okay, it's ransom notes, anonymous threats, and paper airplanes. I don't know who wrote that list, but... Oh, my God. Um, 
Oh, this is just a this is just a question. I think we see this a few times, but what's in the framed photo behind Gabe's desk? If you could picture it. Joe. <laughs> That's a great guess. It's not. Joe. <laughs> it's a it's, it's a world map. It's a uh, world map. He's a you know, student of the world, mm. Gabe. Ah, yes. Of um, uh, five Chinese virility herbs. <laughs> <laughs> what are the three modes of getting rid of problems that Dwight mentions in this episode? Oh, uh, you could have said eraser, oh, no. incinerator, or garbage disposal. Yes, yes, yes! Wow, incredible! Oh, yeah, That's right. amazing. But you chose That's toilet. amazing. Uh, what's the you. name You're of the receptionist? Classic. You're an American classic. Yes. What's the <laughs> name of the receptionist? At Saber, um, oh my it's God. the lady from the Toyota commercial. I mean, I, um, uh, I love uh, that part that help. she just like doesn't come to pretends that Gabe is. Yeah. is it Stephanie <laughs> pretends she doesn't. It is see Stephanie. It. Very hey. good. Oh, Stephanie, nice. help. very good. <laughs> All right, we already <laughs> talked about this one last Stu. week, but what's uh, Robert California's instructor's name? Oh, Stu. Stu. <laughs> It's a cardiovascular. Yeah, I still wasn't going to get that <laughs> the one. Gym, the gym three times a week. Russell Stew. Russell Stew once a month. <laughs> oh, that kills me. <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. Can you imagine, like, you go, you're, like, by some weird, like, turn of event, you end up at your the CEO's house and he's wrestling a man in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising for Robert California, but still. Uh, very strange. Oh, man. Okay. Um, what trivia competition do the Einsteins go to after their victory, where we see them losing horribly? What's the name of it? Yeah, what's the name of that trivia competition? This is deep, deep trivia, man. Oh, it's boy. something It's something know. that, like, is a very standard name. Is it not? Like, it's something like, mm, I don't know. It's the Stonewall Alliance Pub League State Trivia Championship. Oh, wow. The host... Is Dan Levy? Of course. Mm-hmm. That's not a trivia question. But. Okay. Um, this is really hard, but <laughs> she put this in here. Okay. This is the last one we'll do. This is there's twelve trivia team names at okay. trivia. Yeah. She says, "Can you yeah. name seven? I'll be impressed if you can name like four or five. But uh, Aesop's oh, foibles. Okay. Yeah, Aesop's foibles. Dunder Mifflin A team. Um, uh, the Dunder Mifflin A team. Dunder Mifflin B team." Or Dunder Mifflin backups? The DB backup team. And the Einsteins. And the Einsteins. Good. You got four. Can you name two more? The, oh, it's um, it's Bears. Um, yeah, we hear him naming these the teams. Berenstein, the Queerenstein Bears. The Queerenstein Bears. Very good. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe Very good. There are 12 or seven more? <laughs> Well, there's 12 total. Okay. We've gotten five, so yeah. Good math. There's a Lady Gaga one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lady, lady it's Gaga. Ladies, ladies Gaga. Oh, okay, okay. Ladies, ladies Gaga. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll do the rest of yeah, them yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, the rest of them, yeah. Jason's sore gay kiss. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jason's a dad. Jason's sore gay kiss. Uh, Lawrence O'Trivier. Uh... Oh, I remember Late that. Late Orsi Bieber fever. Uh, two broke dorks. Joey, uh, <laughs> Joey Triviani, and um, impish That's impresarios. Good. Ah, 
Oh man, you know the writers had a huge list Just a of massive names, whiteboard. trivia yeah. team names to pick yeah. from. And that's what they went with. Thank you, Grace. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, from yeah. Southern California. Grace, thank you. For that trivia. Thank you so much, Grace. What a great trivia. And uh, and everyone out there, please send us your trivia. We've been oh man, I love the listener provided trivia. Uh, you can email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Give us a call. Leave a message, 503-694-9314. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We're on Twitter, at Michael Scott Pod. we got a website, michaelscottpod.com. Um, but uh, most importantly, please join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Become a Scott's Tot, five bucks a month. You're getting an extra mailbag episode every month. How are those uh, videos coming, Sean? Um, <laughs> they're coming along. I, I, this is this is Alex yeah, with the one two. putting me in the hot Snap seat. Him off with two piece right uh, there. I'm starting that time limit. Uh, <laughs> I, I said they'd be out this week, and uh, and they should. Uh, they'll be up before this comes out. Uh, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who helps us with our social media and designs all our artwork. And this episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon, over video yes, chat. Sir. Please remember to rate and review the show. It helps us, helps people find the show. Um, most of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us once again. Um, we appreciate every single one of you. Um, and, you know, take care. Be safe. And we'll see you next week. Pippity Poppy, give me this up. Yes, sir. It's not fair to deny me. Of the cross I bear that you give to me You, 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 you ought to know Seeking the truth never gets old Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death In a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.